I shouldn't feel it myself, wait What if it's good for my health, Hey, I just might sit by myself Get something to sipping and twist about else Since I'm living in twisted diminished dimensions I tend to envision she different Look how I render a critic My haters remember and pivot Been waiting a minute Now, peep out of range, I can get it, yeah Come when this is wavy and zip it, yeah Ever seen how to make time, been So real extreme, I've arrived in Yeah, be here to say that I reside in Now it's time to change up my environment I done seen all type shit No lights in the crib, no enlightenment So embrace the herb, let the vibe hit Till I ain't no words on my end Swear ain't no words on my end So aiming for early retirement, yeah. I just be zoning, might be roaming Like a motherfucker south Buckboard, yeah Dally dally and like any other Got me seeing sounds Hearing colors, still seeing sounds Hearing colors, say I be, I be on some other, other shit Salvador Dali, yeah Get hip to the artistry I get lost in the certainty part of me Open my chest, see the light in the dark of me Bled out my heart, now you left with a part of me uh, So bare, so prolific Listen, I don't care if folk don't get it High scope dreams, looking so vivid Young masterpiece, I don't know limits Emphasis and memories Mix some realism with some sinister energies And a hand of divinity, I uh, Fuck around, put a dent in the industry Life for money, a Vita Dallas, Catalonia I hear the sea calling for the sand mountains See the beach, father hear the fear I don't know I speak of, I swear to where and how his beatbox with a crowd yelling out, he's awesome. Yo, he awesome. Still the fear, how to know I speak. I've been got me jeeping on fine mahogany. Lean on the crunch and a wobbly. I cannot blame him for wanting to follow me. Ocean's roar when I'm jotting dice. I just be zoning, mind be roaming like a motherfucker. South yeah. Dolly, dolly, and like any other. Got me seeing sounds, hearing colors, seeing sounds, hearing colors. I be, I be on some other, other shit. Salvador Dolly, yeah. What up, everybody? Uh, got Reezy on here for episode number 60. We're back where we were. Got 60. Last time we did this, six, seven, eight months ago now, it was cold as a motherfucker that day. It is beautiful out here today. Yeah. What did you want to talk about? I don't know, man. I thought you already had that uh, laid out. I, I do. I just wanted to see if there was anything you wanted to talk about before I got into it. Not necessarily. Uh, not that I can think of right after that. I wanted to talk about death. Death. Mm. Good old sweet death. <laughs> angel. Angel of death. <laughs> what do you think about death? And like our like our society and culture's typical response to it and like how we treat it and, and mm. like the way maybe it should be treated or like the best way to treat it. Or just like you're using it in general. Hmm. I don't know. I, I guess I feel different about that, depending on how what's going on with me at the time. I know a lot of it happened recently. A lot of people dying. That is interesting to think about. I'm sure most people think about it almost every day. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. I, I don't you know. don't. Uh huh. You don't. I do. <laughs> about every day, yeah, pretty much. And what do you think? In some, it? in some form or whatever, something that has to relate to death, like whether it be somebody passing or somebody that I miss, or just wondering how I'm gonna go out <laughs> and wondering if I'm keeping myself healthy <laughs> enough to not go out sooner than I should. But uh, I don't know. I remember man, that's a lot there, man. That's a lot I remember wanting to uh, be immortal at one time, but. That you know, <laughs> like, like it's too, that's too much. Yeah, I remember, I remember the first time I realized I didn't I guess, ever relate, uh, relate to Wolverine of all people because uh, he's like, oh, <laughs> you that. Um, he's a uh, one of those people that is pretty much immortal, and just after like three hundred some years, he's just like sick of it because you know you constantly lose people that you're close to and he's just he's pretty much lost entire you know generations of friendship you know like three times so that would be pretty insane to constantly make relationships and inevitably lose them just because you're living for so long but um i guess it's kind of in a way something that to look forward to eventually which is crazy to say but no, actually, it's not. That's actually, I was going to get to that at some point. I didn't think it was going to come up this early, but I just feel like it's kind of like a happy event, and, like, it's, it's kind of a reflection of how people live, too, you know, like, the way that we treat, treat death in the society, and we're all sad about it, and, like, 
Ew! <laughs> and like, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, I just saw him at the store today. <laughs> so I got a shore day down in the shores. So yeah, we got we might have some some, some action, interruptions, some action going. <laughs> People are having their having their living today. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> and that's not that's exactly what I'm getting to. Is like yeah. You know, most people don't even really live, you know? Um, and, yeah, basically, like, we're just sad about it. Even, like, the way, like, we look at, pa- at past relationships. Like, a lot of times, I feel like people, like, they, at a certain point, yeah, they'll look back on the good memories. But for a while, like, I feel like they look back on the sad ones, which is, like, why are you, like, are you doing that? Or, like, I guess maybe you need to, to, like, work through them and get past them. But, like, why are you holding on to them? Yeah, I don't know. It's it seems like somebody was talking about tattoos last night that I was hanging out with. I'm like, I never got any tattoos because I feel like all of my memories are like tattoos, you know? Right. I feel that. I, I actually don't have any mental either, so. tattoos. Yeah, they're mental memories are the same to me. People to always want to put like I don't want to say always, but they always put something meaningful, even if it is negative. But it's like something that they feel passionately about you know on their skin but why not do the same thing with your memories instead of just holding on to the bad ones like why not like focus on the good ones you know and then like make more good ones <laughs> yeah as many as possible so that whenever death does come you can feel satisfied you know with life yeah funerals should be a celebration of life and like i don't know my dad's been going through it man and people are all like Hope you're doing okay. If there's anything I can do for you, it's like this is a good thing. It's better than suffering, dude. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if he's not gonna get strong. Like option A, like preferred option is he gets better. You know, he work. You know, gets stronger mentally, physically, is able to continue to live like a quality life. But if yeah. you're not living a quality life, I feel like death is better. You know. Mm-hmm. Some one of my friends' parents just passed away actually, and. He like he wasn't in how I thought he was gonna be about. He was like she's not in pain anymore, she's not having to take all his medicines, whatever. She's mm-hmm. in a more peaceful place, you know. So I do feel like people have matured when it comes to so not everyone, but a lot of people that I know when it comes to dealing with death. Because I mean, Lord knows I had a lot of people close to me die. Up to this point, and I, then I meet people who just just lost the first person to them. I'm like, that is so crazy. You are fortunate to not have to deal with that so much. Like, I guess, but maybe at the same time, not because you don't really, you haven't learned how to cope with it as well. And it's tough, like whenever you're first experiencing something like that, losing somebody forever. Well, you know, in the for this life, yeah, in this material life right here. And then that comes to reincarnation and stuff like that. Do you think it's like important to even like try to figure out what happens after death? Um, I guess it's important to like try to figure it out. But do you think it's important to like ever like come be comfortable with your answer and just like no, or is it, is it better to just be comfortable in the fact that it's a mystery? Yeah, I think that it sh- kind of should be a mystery. I mean, that's why it is. Right, <laughs> it was meant to be like that. You're not supposed to know. For because really, you're supposed yeah. to be living in the moment. Yeah, that's not worried about, not that, sitting yeah. here worried about what's going to happen. Right. Then, whatever, you never actually enjoy your actual life. I mean, some people are like that constantly. And I'm not saying Chained you shouldn't, you shouldn't grieve over like death. a loss, but I think no, that there's, of course not. I mean, yeah, there's you a certain time, like not a certain time and place. I'm not going to be like cliche about it, but like I feel like there is a kind of a certain you know, environment or setting where that's proper, you know, and it's like, it makes sense. Like, of course, you're going to be upset when you lose somebody close to you, but like, at the same time, I feel like it's selfish to hold on to that grief and like make it about you when you could just be like happy for the moments that you have with that person. Yeah. Kind of release the, the attachment to like a body that's not even living like a quality of life anymore, you know? Right. I mean, I guess it takes a it's certain... It's one thing if, you, if you're, like, a young kid that gets, you know, your life taken in an accident. That's a totally... That's, a, like, a tragedy, you know? 
Yeah, for sure. But never get to see what their potential is going to be. Yeah. But for like an, an older, decrepit, like a bunch of medications, like your, like your friend was talking about, uh, like if you're not, if the quality of life isn't there, I just feel like death is like so underrated, actually. You know, it's not really even that bad. It's kind of a good thing. It, again, in the right circumstance, I don't want to see children yeah. die and like accidents and murders and shit like that. But yeah. But at the same time, like, for older people, I feel like it should be celebrated and not in, like, a mean way. Like, yeah, the old people are dead. It's not like that, but mm-hmm. it's just, like, your time, your time is, you know, you're not living a quality of life anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I want you to be stronger and to get better and to be healthy. But if that's not going to happen, like, I want you to suffer. I think that's worse than death, for sure. Oh, yeah. Suffering and living a life that you can't really enjoy anymore it's like that almost anybody i feel like except for really stubborn or anal people who just don't want to accept stuff like that will come to that conclusion like yeah i'm ready or like i'm just like take me out of here you know like and like some people are like oh why would you feel like that it's like it just it just means that they feel satisfied with whatever has happened in their life yeah. in some cases and that's all right with me like shit I would be I'm of anything would love to have that feeling whenever I'm like about to go you know like yeah. shit like, you know? I know I'm not ready because I don't feel like my purpose has been fulfilled I mean, uh, there was a point where I <laughs> I felt like I had done enough I was like you know what it's it's fine like because I you know I'm not connected to so many people but like then I went over that hill and I was like there's so much more to do you know like there's plenty that I can do and more people that I need to connect with and touch and so. Yeah, I mean, even though I feel like it's not my time, like, if it was, I would accept it 100%. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's totally how I meant that. But, um, yeah, and then there's people, it's like, you know, like, especially, like, what we were saying before, people close to you, like, what, like, Payne said in Naruto, like, you get close to somebody, you convince yourself that they won't die, that they can't die, type thing. Like, that's, like, in itself, it's like, it's a bad way to look at stuff, but it's like you can't help it because you don't, you don't want to like be sitting there like dwelling on when this person went down. Like, what am I going to do? Again, like, like just like another reminder to be in the moment, you know. Like, to live, yep. to like, to, like in my in my experience, right this second, like I'm doing something that I'm talking about something deep, like a taboo topic that like most people would want to talk about, but I knew it was going to be down. Yeah. But like, you know, like I just do, I do feel like don't get me wrong. There are a lot of individuals like us who are completely accepting of it and like having have like a, a good mindset about it. But I also see like a lot of people that are like like very sad about it. You know, and it's like mm-hmm. I get that it's a sad moment and that people it's like it's a healthy thing to grieve a loss of someone that you love. You know? Yeah. But at the same time, like holding on to that grief is even more unhealthy. Like. That the purpose of grief is to let all that go, like to release that like those emotions and like to like also it's it's almost like a celebration too. Like crying can even be a celebration, like celebrating all the memories that all the awesome memories, you know. Yeah, understanding that you might not have them anymore, but it's still awesome, you know. Yeah, and then that just made, something made me think that there's also some people who aren't as fortunate to have a lot of people in their life. And they might only have a few people in right. their life. And so, like, when they die, maybe only one person. Like, there are people out there like that. So I couldn't imagine what that would be like if that's, like, you put all your love that you have into, like, these few people and then they go. And then I imagine that would be pretty devastating and harder to get over than, like, any, like, as versus somebody that has, like, abundance of love from different directions or whatever so true but so once so i can't really just be like i mean this is just what i think you know like no i agree and i can, I can never feel how they felt feel about it so i do get why it's like two sides to the way people feel about death or whatnot so uh, i don't know i'm just glad that i can think about it the way that i do you know and uh but don't get me wrong I, like it does suck. But don't don't you think that it's healthier to talk about it than to like bottle it up? 
as far as like what do you mean uh, like talk like about when, like, death in general or like yeah, somebody like, that has died yeah like when you as somebody who's still alive that has lost someone close to you mm-hmm. don't you feel like it's better to like even just talk to yourself but like be real with yourself and like address it and yeah for sure face, face those emotions and like deal with the change and like you know yeah, yeah. appreciate the purpose of that person in your life you know mm-hmm. and like all of the interactions and connections that you had and all of like the, especially the happy times, man. Like that's, to me, that's super important. And I just feel like a lot of times people let their grief over the loss, overpower all of the love. Or that, that is actually the whole reason for the grief in the first place. Yeah. They, yeah. they pretty much don't even have the love in there anymore. It's just yeah. all they feel is the loss. And they feel like they've they lost over the love. Yeah. But it's your love. Like yeah. It was your love for that person that is the whole reason you're grieving. So, mm-hmm. like, why can't you see that part of it, you know, and appreciate all the love that was shared, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. Like, I remember that um, weak hearts and weak <clears throat> minds that just can't overcome that kind of stuff. I don't know. Sorry, I didn't to cut you off. No, no, that's real. Uh, I remember, because I had never really, I don't want to say never had thought about it, but I was fortunate enough as a child, you know, I lost both my grandfathers. Um, I didn't lose my grandma until around this time, actually, it was like either right before or right after, I think it was the year after this, but uh, it was like one of my first college classes, it was because I was like an honor student, they had like one of these like different types of classes, it was a sociology class, but it was called death, dying, and memorialization. And it was all about how different cultures across the world treated and responded to death. And one of the stories that I'll never forget is like this indigenous tribe in Africa. Like when their people died, they put them on like a, a stone altar. And like, with like the whole purpose was to get them to decompose as fast as possible to return to nature, you know? And like when the bi- ethnobiologist or like the Western, you know, white man that was like over there doing their doing their studies or whatever, like told them about practices back in America where they like do em- embalm the body to like preserve it, and then you know they have like open casket funerals and stuff. Uh-huh. Like they almost killed him because they thought that he was like bringing demons into the world. Oh like, snap! Because it was like you know That's you're, to think about. you're not allowing the dead to die. Uh-huh. you know, and it's like even though it's just like a practice. In, in like the material world it kind of I feel like reflects our attitude toward it like we're trying to hold on yeah to not letting go at all so it's supposed to be letting go back in nature and decompose and like become one with the mushrooms and the plants and, and the soil you know mm-hmm. in the air and um because that's like the whole point in their in their ceremony is like we want the spirit to return as fast as possible you know to, to, trap them to, to feed the insects and the birds and soil and everything you know and like embalming them is pretty much trapping them here, you know. That's how they felt about it. So he had, he had like he had to like calm them down, or I think like apparently one of the people that he was with like had talked to the main person, like the chief, and down like killing this guy. <laughs> That's wild, dude. Yeah. Interesting. It was just also like gave me a broader like broader perspective on like how different you can any individual can approach that experience yeah oh yeah I'm just, that's like to the person it's probably completely different even though you might have similar ways of thinking about it mm-hmm. you're not gonna feel the same that's for sure i mean you can't i mean who knows you can't like you can't i don't think i mean i don't even know how you measure feelings Some people think, feel, i don't think yeah. it's possible <laughs> so by true. by their nature they're not measurable. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Priceless, as I would say. You might say. But, priceless? Yeah, feelings are pretty much priceless. Like, yeah. Can't put a freaking price on them or a value to them or a measurement, whatever. Like, some people might think that their feelings are stronger than somebody else's, but it's like, you don't fucking know that. Like, not at all. Like even if somebody's like not expressing it the same way, they might be feeling like crazy deep feeling, and you just don't know them. Since other people who like draw out their dramatically draw out some feeling that 
really isn't bothering them that much and just like making them look like, oh my God, this is so horrible when they really don't even give a shit. I've seen a lot of people do that before and it's kind of sickening, but. Yeah, no kidding. <clears throat> but I don't know, to each his own, I guess. Do whatever you want. I ain't gonna try to tell nobody how to grieve or react to someone's death. Maybe that's just the way they have to do it so they stay sane or get whatever positive thing out of they want. Some people they aren't trying to find anything positive. If they just want to keep making it negative, <laughs> possibly bringing down people around them that have accepted it like already and make them feel worse about it, which is nuts. But yeah. people do that kind of stuff because, like, yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Another thing about death, like whenever I don't know, I've been recently thinking about this. Like, whenever like people close to you die, sometimes you like kind of like feel like not that you have to, or maybe you just want to like uphold whatever their beliefs were or things that they kind of like lived for. You know, it kind of becomes part of you. It's like it go they're living through your memories and stuff. You know, and things that you do can ultimately make their life extended, like, you know, like, like not extended, but you know, like, yeah, like if you, if you're applying something that they taught you, yeah, like their teachings are still alive. Yeah, like exactly. And that's alive. awesome. I think when people do that yeah. and I try to do that, well, I don't try to, I just, I just do, I just realized that I was doing it. I was like, huh. And yeah. And I mean, even I, I just realized when you were saying that, that I did it earlier in this talk, you know, yeah, like, uh -huh. yeah. Okay. It is. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not going to take back the word I use, but it is a tragedy person who dies that has like, a, a quality of life that had a high potential you know what i mean like they, there's a high likelihood that they had a long quality of life that had, right that is a tragedy but again it's, i still think that the other thing that i said applies even more so and that's that like you have to be able to like grieve but also like go to grief and see the grief as like rooted in love like, that's the whole reason that you're grieving anyway is that you love that person. And so, like, of course, it's, it's appropriate to grieve the loss of somebody that you love, even if it is a young, like, a tragic death. Yeah. But you still have to be able to let that go. I don't, even, I don't think any soul wants to be on the other side, like, not being able to tell you not to grieve for them anymore. Yeah. You know? Like, that's got to be Tough. exhausting to be all, like, dead and, like, watching somebody grieve for you that, this is like impairing their life, you know? Like, they, yeah. like they've been grieving for way too long, and it's just, like, time to move on and live yeah. your life, you know? You're, you're holding yourself back by holding on to to a grief that you've already felt, you know? Like, once you felt it, you got to, like, let it go. Like, feel it, cry it, cry it out, do whatever you got to do. Mm -hmm. Don't hold it in. <clears throat> if that's not uh, holding on to any form of negativity, I just feel like is unhealthy. It's okay to feel it. It's okay to, to grieve. You know, I don't think I don't think there's any healthiness in avoiding negative feelings either. But it's even more unhealthy to like ah, hold on to them. It'll turn into something else eventually if you do that. I think. Um. Yeah. No, I think you do have to face them because yeah. I think avoiting it can also make it worse too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It'll turn into that. something else. Yeah, you have to address it, but you can't like hold on to it. You just address it, and then let it be what it is. Possibly change you for the worse. <clears throat> yeah. And Sasuke? Yeah, like Sasuke. <laughs> I knew you were thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I can't wait till you get to the spot. I gotta watch that part with you whenever. I'm not, I haven't said I can't say anything, but um, the, the topic of like them doing a reanimation, how it's like affected people. Like they've already grieved these people dying and now they have to, it's like stirring up all those films again by bringing them back, you know, it's like kind of messed up what you're doing dude like why yeah. are you doing that Talk, talking to Kabuto he was hey was it Aruka so, I said say Aruka but um Choji and Shimaru oh Asuma Sensei Asuma yeah, yeah and that's definitely that Asuma yep yep yeah, yeah, yeah. yep and somebody else says almost that that same that same um idealism later on and yeah, I can't wait. We definitely got to watch idea? that one. You don't again. have to tell me what happens. No, idea, the idea know. of like when, when bringing somebody, when you're seeing somebody again, you have to like, it's stirring up your old feelings for yeah, it and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's bringing somebody back like that. It's, it's pretty crazy, you know? But I don't know. 
And then on another topic, some death people, some people like don't. I just don't are numb to death, and some people just don't care. Like maybe like, like, like cold blooded murderers. Yeah, I'm, I'm not necessarily cold blooded murderers. That's a whole nother thing. I'm talking about like just like people in power and just like not giving a shit about uh, the people and right, just like right. or just doing things that result in deaths of maybe millions of people sometimes it's just like yeah that kind of shit is that's insane. An, that's an imbalance yeah you know, like, like I, again i don't want to like be fucking unfeeling toward death yeah you know, i do think grieving is proper but i also think it has like a proper like amount of time and like a proper setting for it you know in mm-hmm. general eventually when, like once you have felt the grief like you want to feel it all the way through you yeah. don't want to hold on to any of it but like once you have you want to hold on to it because at that point you're just like ma- like creating a feeling that you can be a victim to but yeah. you're the one creating that feeling you know and almost you're killing yourself you're Basically, biting death exactly. upon your own self in a way not even if you're not physically dying you're killing a part of yourself by doing that right that's no good. And you're not living. Nobody wants to do that. Like feeling grief, that, that's still part of life. Like, yeah, you're feeling your emotions. You're like passionate about something. But I think, again, I know I've said this like twice already, but the, I think the, the end goal there has to be understanding that like the whole point of the grief in the first place is because of the love that you felt for that person. Mm-hmm. And like being able to re-tap into that love even though they're gone. You know, the, the, having love for the good memories that you have with them and the good times that you have with them and the things that you learn from them and all, all of the, the good things, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that's just how I see that. I, I, I do feel fortunate that I, like a lucid dreamer, I am a lucid dreamer, but even if I'm not lucidly dreaming, like, like, I just have deep dreams, deep thoughts, and I get to revisit people sometimes in those dreams. And those, those, when I wake up from that, I don't feel like, Oh man, they're not here anymore. I, I feel pretty happy. It's like, uh, well, got I got the experience with it, like another time with them. It's like that's a whole another memory I just created, like with them. It's thousand like, percent. It feels that's like you should. I that's just hung out with them. For I don't. The day. I don't want to tell people how they should feel, but that's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. You should respond to those types of experiences. Oh yeah. I mean, that's definitely a good way. Even I, just I, a daydream. Like, even if you're just like fucking dozing off, like daydream, uh-huh. and then you think about the person, it's not like a full on lucid dream. Yeah. Right? Like, re-experiencing memories you know mm-hmm. like not even like a new memory but just the old memories that are good like even in that experience like when you come to to be happy for the fact that you just re-experienced that yeah instead of like feeling like oh i'll never have that again yeah well no there's literally no like this this moment will never happen again mm-hmm. so like what's the point i just i don't know man i don't get the holding on to anything like being able to let go is good yeah, it's, it's, it's a loving act in itself. Indeed, indeed. And a, a lot of people do call funerals celebrations a lot of these days. Like the, the last like five funerals I went to, they, nobody like used funeral as a word. Everybody's like celebration of life. Like they kept that's reiterating that. Yeah. Oh, in my, my opinion, opinion. That's how yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I believe that too, because I mean, it's kind of kind of like you know messed up like thinking about it like that it's like think about the goodness that happened and be glad that you even got to share as many memories for you to even be here caring about the to, fact that they're gone you know like you have had that relationship at you all you could have never even enjoyed a time any time with them and you wouldn't even care about their death because people people die all the time and like oh whatever somebody's dead a lot of people are very Relax about yeah, insensitive to just other people's deaths, you know, and that that comes back to the people just but then millions of people dying. But then there's the other side of that, like you were saying, where they're like fake caring, like oh, I'm so sorry, like there's a balance there, like you can care, yeah, and and like be able to empathize and sympathize. I can sense that every time when I when somebody's doing it, I'm like, I just want I look at them. I feel like that's almost worse than the insensitivity. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'd rather you be insensitive than to be fake. Yeah, because at least you're being like. Real, real yeah. <laughs> earth. Yeah, like, real. It's not even super real because, like, I, like, do you want people to be insensitive to the deaths that are important to you? Honestly, I don't give a shit what they think. Fuck them, man. <laughs> like, as long as the people that matter to me don't feel like that, like, I don't know because other yeah. people are just like whatever. They don't think what they want anyway. Well, it's just truth to that too. Yeah, but, I mean, 
No, I see what you mean. But I, I'm what I'm. My point is like that's another, another one of the fucking infinite balancing acts that I've like thought of since I fucking came up with the title of the balancing act. Like everything is a balancing act, dude. Like life itself is a fucking balancing act. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, that's another one. Like death is like yeah, of course you want to grieve and like yeah. feel feel the loss all the way through and understand that it's a true loss, you know. But at the same time, the whole reason for feeling that, like feeling upset and any sort of like sadness is because of the love and the, like awesomeness that outweighs it. That should outweigh it, in my opinion. That outweighs the grief and the sadness. And to be able to like tap back into that once you have accepted and addressed and processed and you know dealt with the loss. Yep. And then there's a feeling of wishing to take somebody out of this world because, like, I don't know, sometimes people get like that. They, they might not be a person that's like a murderous person, but I'm sure something's happened to them. Like, oh, I could kill this person type thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you have this fickle feeling of, like, coming, going from I could never kill anything to, like, you know, like, fucking murder this person <laughs> like type shit and then there's like you like you have like like even smaller animals like you might sometimes you might kill a bug and you're like oh like yeah, this bug spiders is like, and stuff. yeah but then like because i've been on but like i've been both ways it's like i've killed spiders like oh man fuck that spider is man like cause it's like not even really a threat to me but like you know, just something. And then there's been times where I kill spider. I was like, man, I shouldn't have killed that spider, dude. Like, and it was pointless and, stuff. Yeah, and like I've let spiders straight live in my, in house. my house because yeah, of that. After I that, yeah, yeah. I, there. I, I did. I remember when I lived in Richmond, a spider lived above my um my bed for like wow. a, a year, dude. So yeah, like man, that, I was I like, I had to mark that one. No, yeah. But like recently, I've been getting bit by spiders. So like, there you go. So whenever I seen one, like see one now, it's like. I'm kind of iffy about it. Like, I'll try to be like, get it out of the house or whatever, but sometimes it's just like instantly, like, no, you ain't biting me tonight. You got to go, especially if it's a big, giant one. Like, yeah. like I got a spider bite right now. If you wonder why I'm scratching my ankle right now, <laughs> this thing was so swollen, dude. And it's oh. like, it was super swollen. Yikes. And, uh, yeah, it don't feel good. And, it, like, and then I, I was like, a, like a month ago, maybe a little bit more, two months ago, I got bit on my arm here, and this thing was like swollen twice the size. I remember that. Yeah, and it was like my whole arm. Like at first, it was just like whatever, it's a bite. But this is the worst I've ever felt when it came to like any kind of bite or sting or anything. Like it felt like my whole arm was on fire. Allergic reaction. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, this is horrible. I had to go to the hospital. Well, I didn't have to, but my boss made me go to the hospital, and I went there and got some antibiotics. I'm kind of glad he did because it would have been tough to on my own well not, maybe not tough but it would have been worse yeah. more uncomfortable yeah there's that so sometimes you're fickle about the way you feel about death yeah and I guess that, that can be said about anything but I know I am for real yeah, yeah. so like what do you you want to be cremated I don't know. I really don't know. I think about that a lot. Like, do I want to bury my body or just let it burn to ashes? It's hard work for me. I don't know, dude. I I think about it all the time, but I just don't know yet. For real. I kind of want to be buried, but so I have like a, I don't know, maybe somebody will <laughs> crazy reanimation sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Go get my bones, dude. Ray Ray's like, what up, y'all? <laughs> oh, man. Nah, for real, no. I don't want to be around you. That would be cool, man. What's up? What? Nah, oh, shit. I would have to murk the Reezy reanimation. Unlimited chakra Reezy? could never die? That's, like, Ooh, that's too much for it's too much for, for this world, man. I was like, oh, y'all are fucked up now. <laughs> I'll be doing everything. <laughs> but nah, yeah. I don't know. 
I guess I want to be buried, but part of me just wants to burn up. You think the acceptance of death is what allows people to live their best possible life? Mm. You think it's necessary to reach, like, the highest quality of life is to, like, lose all fear of death? Yeah. And you think it's not necessary? No, because the highest I, possible quality of life and be scared of death at the same time? Yeah, but to an extent, you can't be, like, overly obsessed with the thought of death, but, like, you can still fear death, that's for sure. But, like, like I said, people... In what way? People... What do you mean, fear of death in what way? Yeah, because, what, I mean... If you're fearing it at all, I feel like that's kind of like an obsession. Like fear, because because like people convince, like I said earlier, people convince themselves that other people aren't going to die, maybe themselves, and sometimes they don't think about it. But like when they do think about it, it bothers them. But it's, it's not they're not sitting there all day, every day, like oh god, what's going to happen? Well, why? When I die? Why should it even? Like why is it okay for it to even bother them when they think about it? I don't know because people just. I don't want to. I, mean, they, I guess because okay. they're afraid. Of course, it's okay. It's but probably because they're how? afraid. Uh, people are afraid of stuff that they don't know. They don't understand. And of course, and then, I get that. But like to me, it seems like. And then when you get to like religion, it's probably people have done some shit that they like. Man, I don't want to go to hell. And I feel like on a collect, like on a collective level, like psychologically, our fear of death is what prevents us from living the life that we really want to live. Yeah, it definitely puts boundaries on you, limiters. But that's. That could be a good thing in yeah. some ways. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, I guess it depends on the person and what it's limiting you from. Because, I don't know. Like, not live fulfilling your fullest of life, but, like, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one for me. I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a definite answer for that. I'm going to have to sit here and think about it. I don't, I personally, I don't think you can have any fear in order to, because I feel like what we are at our soul level is love. So fear for or fear of anything is going to prevent us from like being fully tapped into what we really are and being who we really are. You don't think there's anybody that has a soul level of hatred? I think there's a lot of people that have a soul level of hatred and that's mm -hmm. preventing them from like being and doing what they really truly want to do. That's true. I don't know. See, that's what I mean. Like, it depends on what your limitations are as fearing and fear and death, or whatever. Like, somebody who's just a core of hatred, I'm kind of, I, I would like for them to fear death because they might be doing some really messed up stuff out here. It's like, whatever, I don't care if I die. I don't care who I take with me either, type thing. Or, like, that's, people are like that. Great. Is that Clayton? That is Clayton. <laughs> but yeah i know what you're trying to say is like you should not limit your life no i mean you make yeah. a good point like what if there's a fearless person out here that or they're they're full of fear really like yeah they're at a soul level they're scared of what other people think about them and they're scared of like all of these like negative ideas about themselves really mm -hmm. and so they feel like they need to prove themselves to other people because they haven't proved themselves to themselves and so, like, they'll use that, like, fear of their own judgment and other people's judgment to, like, hurt other people. Yeah, to, like, try to make themselves superior to other people. Yeah. And, like, in, in most extreme, like, you're talking about, like, killing people, you know? Yeah, catastrophic bad decisions, man. Like, come on, man. Chill out. <laughs> right. And, uh... And, like... Do those people really fear death? I feel like they don't fear death, but they are fearing something else. That'd be true. Because I feel like a truly fearless person is full of love. Yeah. Like, I know, like, there's the whole, like, hard-ass image of, like, a fearless, like, fighter or whatever. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, I think there's a balance to that, too. I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not trying to initiate any fights. <laughs> I'm not trying to initiate any you know. Of course not. But can't once once it's on you, of course it's better to like know how to defend yourself. Yeah, so you can't sit there and be like there is no war. Right. That's, that's inevitable with so it's many different clashing reason reasoning minds and way of ways of living mm -hmm. and ways of death. Mm -hmm.
you will have war, even to, at a minuscule scale. Shit, we got war going on in our bodies. Yeah, the war was in. Like, now to a spiritual or cellular level, but if you're talking about physical things. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I think even that war within is like love versus fear. Yeah. And I mean, you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have all those feelings. To life and death, too, you know? Yeah. yeah. Kind of gotta have some of them to to, 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 to like to understand, yeah, to appreciate the the light, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, dwell in the darkness a little bit. That's why I mean, have not even knowing fear at all is kind of like well, you can't really you can't empathize with someone who's fearful, you know. So you can't really help like by being like, oh no, you shouldn't be afraid. Like that's all you can really say to them. It's like you shouldn't be afraid of that. You can't feel why they feel. Just ask them like, why are you afraid of that? Like, yeah, they haven't even asked themselves that, you know. I think this question that can help sometimes. At least, a, at least an inquiring type of mind, you know. Yeah. Maybe they just haven't even asked themselves that, and then once they do, it's like, oh, that is <clears> true <throat> for many things about people's feelings. It's like sit there and think about why do you feel like this? Mm-hmm. What are you? What is this going for you right now? Mm-hmm. What is the core of your feeling? Sometimes people forget why they're upset about things. They just are just upset because it's almost they're like so they're yeah, they're, they're, they're programmed to be this way. Yeah. yeah, it's like fucking autopilot. They don't know how to not be upset. Yeah, so you know what? You, you know there's a switch right there. You can like probably turn that off, dim it down a little bit. Yeah, check it out, see what it looks like with the lights on or off. Turn the happy knob up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like the fun knob up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You are you can control. You are the control of your body, and like don't let it control you. Shit. Do the drugs, don't let the drugs do you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, man. I know that's like a relatively short pod at this point, but I'm good with short pods, especially like with you. I feel like you always say like some pretty impactful stuff, so we don't need them to be like super long. Right. But at the same time, I don't want to just abruptly end the pod. Like, was there anything that you wanted to talk about? You felt like you wanted to let the internet world in on, you know, provide some reasy insight? Yeah. Uh. I don't know. I've seen. I've been, I will say that I've been seeing a lot of. I don't know. Just negative feelings from people recently. Try not to let that control you, man. Like you can, like like we were saying just now. Let's, let's just turn up that happy knob a little bit, man. It's it's not. It's. I mean, if it even if it is bad, like try to see around it, and or maybe through it, or just don't let it and yourself get enveloped in that pain because there's other stuff out there you know like to uh put your feelings into your heart into man instead of killing your heart by letting this one thing just attack you like cancer like just try to live your life man and anything positive in it take that don't don't shun it off or whatever try to try to incorporate that with Whatever bad things going on with you, you know? I don't know. I feel like people should. It's just, a balancing act. Yeah, literally, it's, it's tough, man. It's like walking a tightrope sometimes out mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. But just remember, dude, you can walk that tightrope. <laughs> you can balance. Yeah. You have the ability and, to do it. And even if you fall off, like you can get back up. Yeah, man. Just get on. Don't don't just drop and just like and give up. Yeah, catch that thing. Yeah, pull yourself right back up on there. Keep on going, man. Yep. And if, like, sometimes you might fall off and you don't feel like you can catch it, there's somebody right there that'll grab your hand real quick. Don't, don't try even, to fall. Even in, like, the worst case scenario, if you fucking fall to the ground, like, on your way down, you can catch, like, put your hands out, put your feet out, like, yeah. be a fucking cat, you know? Yeah. Be a cat. <laughs> and then you sing again, climb right back up and go right back at it. Exactly. So, like, don't you know, give up that easy. Don't and just enjoy up. life in general, like. It's hard putting words on it sometimes, but I just like mm-hmm. try to smile and like send. When I'm in a clear mind, you know, I'm not saying I never feel anger and never feel upset, but even when I do, I feel like I'm like, yeah, there's no reason. Even, even the back of my mind, I'm like, there's no reason. Like, there's reasons to be happy right now. Yeah. You know, I'm getting better at that too, I feel like. But when I do get down, they don't last. There's, there's like down times don't seem to last as long because I'm more mentally strong, you know. Right, I start feeling down, and I just like kind of grab myself right back from it. Like, what was the point? 
there's no, you're not benefiting from this at all. You know, it's actually yep. making everything worse, really. <laughs> and it's really easy to be your worst enemy when it comes to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we were talking about it. You know, yeah. we talked about it not that long ago. I was feeling angry, like. And at the same time, I feel like even now, I feel like all of the like reasons, like if I'm trying to think about it on like a rational or logical level, like all the reasons that I had and even have for being angry are legit. But like, there's even more potent and valuable and like beneficial reasons to like maybe address that anger or whatever, like feel it, don't like ignore it, but at the same time, like understand that the whole reason you even oh like again it's kind of the same scenario with the death it's like the whole reason you're grieving is because you love them well the whole reason that you're angry about something sometimes is because you have a passion for doing that thing the right way or like whatever whatever you're angry about like there's the reason that you're angry is because you have a passionate love for like what it could be even though it's not being that way maybe right now or it's any any variation of what it is is what you love and because it's not exactly that way that's what makes you feel angry um yeah and to see the see the love behind the anger you know i guess it's like, yeah sometimes you might get stuck looking at one something like you know, a linear way but you gotta understand many things a spider web type way so look, you can look at it and then branch it off and try to look at it in a different way sometimes and it might make you feel better more more times than often i mean not then if you do for real I at least try to do that. And I feel like a lot of times be considerate about what somebody the way that what somebody else might be going through if they just they're not in your head, you know, like they're somebody else, you know. And also be considerate about the way that you're whatever's going on in your head, don't like, you know, like don't let it hurt anybody else, you know, because you feel a certain type of way, whatever. Like that's just Something that's hard to balance, but it's possible because that's what it is to be a white and man. You got good friends, hopefully, that can help you balance it sometimes. Yeah, you're feeling imbalanced. Um, but I, one like last kind of thought on that that I was just thinking about is like the temptation to like be a victim to outside circumstances and like things that are going on that you can't control. It's like a lot of there's a lot going on in the world, so it's very easy to like be a victim to like all the drama and chaos in the world but i think it's important to remember that like we have the power to respond to anything like we might not control the action but we can always control the rea- our reaction to anything outside of us you know yeah and if we can't respond to whatever with like empathy and understanding and love and respect i feel like that's going to create a better world for all of us you know and it starts with you and me, you know, on a like personal level. Indeed. Indeed. Love you, man. Love that you was too, awesome. bro. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for watching this podcast, checking this podcast out on whatever platform you checked it out on. Um, this reading coming up to end this podcast is a standalone reading on my YouTube channel. Um, but I also wanted to add to the end of this podcast just because it was very fitting. And so I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks again. Uh, I do want to ask if you haven't already, please subscribe. Uh, remember to like my videos, comment, um, you know, do a little notification bell. All of those things really do help the algorithm. Um, and I like, I've been resisting saying that because I don't want to sound cliche, but at the same time, those things really do help. So if you enjoy my content, please do those things for me. Uh, And if you already have, I super duper, super duper duper appreciate you. And I love all of you. Peace. In this chapter, taken from Don Miguel's lectures, he focuses on the subject of life after death. Death is nothing but a transformation. It is merely a concept that scares humans when they face any transformation. Fear of death is often especially strong when the human body begins to lose awareness at the end of life. The body ceases to feel or to breathe. The body is aware that it will be destroyed while, little by little, we return to life. 
Nonetheless, we speak of life after death, which means we believe we will still be alive after the body dies. For thousands of years, men have asked themselves about life after death. Their answers have ranged from everything stops to we will live again through reincarnation. There is life after death, although we cannot prove it. We cannot prove many things that we believe, but we know they exist. The human body needs material energy to survive in the form of water, food, and oxygen. Dreams, emotions, and the mind do not require material energy, so why should they be destroyed? Our mind is alive. The mind is made from ethereal energy. The mind is made by thinking. We think with the mind, not the brain. The mind has awareness. The brain is a tool of perception. With the brain, we can perceive light and sounds that are transformed by the brain into ethereal energy. Whatever we perceive has an emotional component. The emotional component will create the energy of the emotions, the imagination, the astral mind, and the dream. The main function of the brain is to transform energy from matter into ethereal energy. This wonderful process converts oxygen and sugar into emotion. The function of the mind is to dream 24 hours a day. The waking dream has a material structure. In sleep, the dream also seems to have a structure. While awake, our mind is affected by cycles of energy through the day as the light changes, and this rhythm gives the mind a notion of time and space. During sleep, we do not perceive energy from outside ourselves, but the mind dreams images including an image of our own body. We can talk, see, and even fly in a dream. We do not notice that we are asleep when we are dreaming. The two different kinds of dream flow into one another. The sleeping dream continues the waking dream without the structure of time and space, and vice versa, meaning the waking dream continues the sleeping dream with the structure of time and space. We can dream our whole life in an hour, or, in an hour, we can live five or ten minutes. Something that makes the connection between the inner dream and the outer dream is called reason. Reason is the part of the mind that tries to qualify and understand everything. Reason wants to say, this is real and this is unreal. Reason gives us the illusion that the dream is real as long as the dream has a material framework. We see the material framework as reality. We do not notice that we are interpreting reality according to the dream or the collective agreements that we are in at the moment. In our interpretation of the dream, we make our own movie. We will find that our interpretation is no different from that of others who witnessed the same interaction, so that indicates that we are all dreaming together. The mind is alive. You might think, I am the body, or I am the mind, and then your mind will be afraid to die. It is afraid that when the body and brain die, life will be over and it will no longer have awareness, but that is not true. I had a car accident when I was in medical school. The car crashed and was completely destroyed. I saw myself asleep at the wheel. At that moment, I was out of my body so I knew that I am not my body. I was completely shaken because what I had thought was real was not real. I knew I was living in an illusion. I had many goals at that time. I was at the university with only one year left before becoming a medical doctor. I was worried that I was leaving reality, but it was not real at all. My concept of reality changed immediately. That was the moment I knew that we are not finished when the body dies. We continue. After the accident, I began to study my dreams because I think what happens to us when we die is like a dream. I started with the notion that the state of death will be very similar to what happens when we dream. That is exactly true. The body dies and the mind continues to dream. <coughs> when we go to sleep and we dream, our brain is completely shut off. Our reason notices that we are dreaming and it tries to wake the brain. Reason's task is to say, this is real, this is not real. Reason always needs to hook into a material framework. The material framework makes the reason feel safe. 
Without it, their reason has no support. In the death state, this interaction between the reason and the brain cannot occur. Without the body, reason cannot awaken the brain and make the connection with the material framework. Yet, the mind, without the brain, continues to dream. The mind retains all our identity and memory. It keeps going, even if the supply of energy is cut. The mind is not receiving any new emotional energy from the dead brain, but it is still attached to its memories. The mind can suddenly become aware of its death state, and that may be a shock. Many die without the awareness of their death. Many who are living in their own body do not have the awareness that they are dead. Those who remain in the dream of hell are actually dead, in the point of view of the Toltecs. We remember that everything that exists is life. In the dream of hell, we dream that we are not God, or we are not life. We have created a God who is superior to us. The God we have created takes away our responsibility to be what we are, and doles out both fear and punishment. The day the dreamer awakes and becomes God or life is the same as the resurrection. First, we have to become aware that we are dead. Then we can awake. Miguel discovered that the ancient Toltecs knew that the mind would continue to dream after death. They worried that they would die and their nightmare would continue, but they were not sure how long the nightmare would last. They focused their efforts on how to control the dream while they were alive both the waking and sleeping dream. This was the knowledge they taught. Essentially, they discovered that everything the mind perceives is a dream. The Toltecs learned that the mind is not eternal. The mind will eventually die and go back to the spirit, or to the intent, but the mind continues to dream and to be transformed for many years after the brain dies. When the mind finally dies, this is the end of the dream. This interval in which the mind continues to dream explains many paranormal phenomena that happen in this world. Once we understand the death process, we will realize why people hear ghosts and see objects moving apparently by their own power. Dying means the liberation of the body, and it entails losing the connection or losing the reason. The result of death is that the dream is split in two. The mind continues to dream the inner dream, but it is no longer connected with the outer dream. Even though the body might still be functioning, though decomposing, the mind loses its rational connection. The body is a human being, and the mind is also a human being. They mix and are connected by reason. At death, the mind takes responsibility for itself. Fundamentally, we are living in an illusion. The happiness we seek is illusory too. It is a ghost. We may feel happiness for a brief moment, but it is not sustained because happiness is not from outside. Happiness is a state of mind, like suffering. It can only come in our personal dream, not from material reality. Our success and happiness depend upon the quality of our personal dream and ethereal reality. If we are dreaming the nightmare when we die, we will continue to do so until we discover that we are dead. This is very similar to discovering that we are asleep in a nightmare. There will be a moment after death that we grasp, oh, I am dead, I, I have no body, I have no brain. All those goals I had are gone and I am helpless because my own creations, my own fears, my own angers are hurting me. At that moment, no one else will be interacting with us that we are aware of until we discover how to control and change the dream. The possibility of changing the dream after we die is very low, partially because the mind will eventually be absorbed. The dream will fade little by little until our inner energy that made our dream is absorbed and the nightmare is over. Then we receive a new body, a new brain, new parents, a new name, and a different environment, and the new cycle begins. The process will continue, life after life, until in one of those lives we decide that this is a dream. Everything around us is a dream within a material framework. With that awareness, we again have the opportunity to change the nightmare into a pleasant dream. At this moment, you are alive. Your opportunity to change the dream is excellent. You have only to become aware that you are dreaming, and so is everyone else around you. That single perception alters the way you interact with other people. You see that they are dreaming, 
but your dream has changed and it continues to change more and more as your awareness grows. We see that we are dreaming with our minds, not with our body, nor with our brain, and we sense that the mind will continue to dream beyond death. Death loses power when we accept that what dies is the dream, not the dreamer. We are what continues. Behind the dream lies the mind, and behind the mind lies energy. All energy has awareness, perception, and memory. We can perceive energy without our eyes. All energy is alive. This is the point. If we can perceive energy without benefit of our physical self, then we are close to the source of creation. Everything is created from energy, from light, including ourselves. We are light. The dream is light. The dreamer is light. The soul is light. Energy is light. All action and reaction begins in the spirit. Spirit is that property of energy that makes any transformation possible. Spirit is the pure consciousness that creates everything. It is light by itself. It is eternal. It cannot be destroyed. Therefore, if we are light and light is eternal, death does not exist. Death is a state of illusion, and it only exists in a dream. We find now that the creation of the universe is nothing but a dream. A dream of intent, a dream of, a dream of spirit, a dream of life, a dream of God. Why be afraid of death when we have this awareness? An edifice of light is light. We are not the brain. We are not the heart. We are what makes our heart beat. We are light. We are life. Life uses all these instruments to perceive, to transform, to express, to live, and to die. When the body dies, we will continue to perceive with different tools. The mind dies and we will still perceive, even without tools, because we are light. This is what Jesus meant when he said, I am the light. I am he who gives life because I am eternal. This is the Toltec message too. <laughs> there is only one message because there is just one. In all realities, in all universes, if we understand that, we can understand everything. If we focus our intention, we will understand it. Death is transformation and it occurs constantly. Every moment that has passed is death. Each moment gives us the opportunity to live in the present. The past does not exist. The future has not yet come. I am dying all the time. I am adapting to every change in the dream of life. I die every day because I am not attached to what happened one moment ago. I let it go, and this makes me free. This is what we call the Toltec way, surrender to death. When we surrender to death, we live only in the moment. Many people who do not surrender to death live in the past or the future, and thereby, and thereby they miss the present. In the point of view of the Toltecs, they are dead. There is an angel of death and an angel of life who teach us how to live intensely every second of our lives. The angel of death clears away the debris of our lives. Everything has a reason for living or being including the cycle of life in a human body. We have the opportunity to really enjoy this universe while we are living. The idea that we will live forever in this universe limits our experience of other universes that may be as beautiful as this one. Death, the transformation of this life state into another form, is a process that is working perfectly. There is no reason to change it. Once you lose attachment for the body, you are ready to leave it at any time. We can love the body, respect the body, and honor the body without being attached to it or identifying with it. Living every moment as though it were your last chance to enjoy this universe adds zest to living. You can put into every action the consideration that the action is between life and death. The concept of the angel of death helps you to control the dream when you are awake. By making a friend of the angel of death, you can lose the biggest of human fears. Once you have nothing to lose, everything changes. We can live for the pleasure of living. 
Hope you guys enjoyed that, and I hope you enjoy episode 60 with my brother Reezy. Love you, Reezy. Appreciate you, man. This was awesome. Do you believe in repair? What if the kingdom of heaven is within you? Do you think you would enter, huh? What do you know, huh? How do you know truth from the pity of your soul or just cause somebody told you? Do you think about what you think about? Do you see yourself in the people that you hang around? Keep quiet, let me think aloud. Listen up, wanna break it down and question your perceptions. I'ma break it down, down and question your perceptions. Do you ever question your perceptions? Do you ever question it all? What if your money was worthless? Then would you know what you're worth is? And reconsider living with a purpose. How would you determine what work is? Are you seeking what's easy to purchase? Or is it deeper than what's on the surface? Do you question your perceptions ever have a soul is real? Huh? It ain't your politicians. Know your status. All of that is fiction. So it's real, huh? It ain't your entertainment. Nor the industry I heard is filled with fake shit. I need truth, I need truth over everything yeah. I need truth, I need truth above all else I need truth, I need truth over everything yeah. Give me the truth, give me the truth, give me the truth, yeah